Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to the podcast, the Armchair Experts. Uh, I am Glenn. I'm Scott. And I'm Aaron. Um, we started this podcast because we thought we would have a, a unique uh, take on it. Uh, me, myself, I've been playing sport since I was about eight. And I now, the, the highest I've got is second grade in Bathurst. Um, I don't know, what's, what's your... Highest. The level. highest I've got is slightly lower than you, Glenno, in the fact that I presented myself for second grade <laughs> occasionally. And then young Mr. Doherty here. Oh, I'm an, an absolute expert on sport. I've won many championships, admittedly from the comfort of my lounge or the PlayStation <laughs> controller. But uh, yeah, I think we all know a bit of a thing or two about, uh, about sport and we're happy to share our thoughts with all of you at home. Yeah, well, we're, we're basically fanatics who are shit at actually doing it. Yeah. So, today... So, basically, we've started off now. Um, it's such a crucial point in the cricketing landscape with uh, a World Cup just finished and a very important Ashes series coming up. So, we might as well start focusing on the wash-up from the World Cup. Um, the wash-up being, obviously, England. England won in very controversial circumstances. <laughs> um, which Through, through gritted teeth. Shit, if we, if, we could, if we could do 40 minutes alone on that, we probably could. Um, but just a very interesting World Cup as a whole. Boys, what, what do we think about the World Cup? Well, I didn't catch as much of it as I wanted to, actually. <laughs> yeah, England's not the best time zone for us Australian blokes. Um but it was, I mean, overall, as a World Cup, it was pretty good. It was, um, you know, it was well run. I kind of liked the guy on the guitar, except he couldn't play back in black properly. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> I, I think the thing that really stood out for me personally was the fact that 
Well, obviously, the big talking point from the 2015 World Cup to the 2019 World Cup was that we lost a lot of nations, and that's just a very sad thing for any World Cup, I think, in any sport. Um, and, yeah, we're just going forward from there. So who are you talking about as, as far as us losing nations? So well, they, they dropped... So, sorry, I'll cut you off here. So uh, Zimbabwe were dropped, Ireland were dropped, Netherlands were dropped. So they cut it from, I believe, what was it, 14, 16 teams in the last World Cup? To 10. To 10. Um, well, that's, which yeah, is I just mean, that, more that than the Champions Trophy. So um, Yeah, it doesn't really differentiate it from the Champions absolutely. Trophy, does it? The World Cup, for me personally, is something you've got to kind of... You, you've got to... You, you shouldn't be looking to make money off it. You should be looking to make as many people participate in it as possible, as many nations, and just generate interest in your sport. Yeah, I want to see a Chinese team. We all do. I mean... I want to see a Nepalese team. Well, talking about some of the teams that are actually in the World Cup, let's cover off some of the performances. We'll start with Afghanistan. Um, how do you think Afghanistan went, guys? I thought they um, were a team that sort of punched above their weight, nearly took yeah. out uh, India in a game. But uh, if, I was a, if I was a teacher, I'd say exceeds expectation, definitely. It was a very solid performance by a team that a lot of people were questioning whether or not they even belonged in that World Cup in a very trimmed-back World Cup. They're kind of the little engine that could of cricket... Yeah, absolutely, Glenn. Um, if you watch the World Cup, you'll see that their performances were largely off the back of probably their bowling attack. Their batting was probably not quite up to scratch, especially with some of the attacks that had um, um, a fast bowling battery. Um, one thing of note for Afghanistan is that Rashid Khan probably had a mixed World Cup. He was expected to do pretty well over in those conditions. He went for 80 in one of the games, didn't he, off his 10? Yeah, it was... Um, 100 nearly, wasn't it? 100. <laughs> All right, next, next team is um, the West Indies. Um I, there was a moment where they had us absolutely reeling. Um, what, we were five for not many. Like I guess, I guess this is a pretty key point to paint our colours to the mast and say we are all Australian and yeah. we all are unashamedly going to be biased towards yeah, the we're Australian gonna, so we're going to refer to the and Australian yes, cricket we team. were extremely nervous in this game. I went to bed that night, remember, thinking we're just not going to have enough runs on the board to even come close to letting West Indies not walk all over us in this game. Yeah. But something that, that I found really exciting, I don't know whether it was a malfunction in the speed gun, but Jason Holder ran in and bowled a 140k delivery. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it must have malfunctioned. But because you can imagine how excited they, they would be. It must but, have hit terminal velocity. You know how far down that ball's got to come from Jason Holder's release point? <laughs> we... We love Jason Holder. Like, all three of us love Jason Holder, right, boys? Oh, he's yeah. a, and one of the best test all-rounders going around. He's definitely got our respect. And, but for a guy that tall, he, is, he certainly does not have wheels. He is fast medium. He is the definition <laughs> of fast they medium. They must have been really excited when they saw him at training and he rocked up and then he's like, oh, by the way, I just kind of kissed the wicket, you know. Uh, yeah. Heavy <laughs> ball. Let's, let's call it a heavy ball. Like, like Watto. It's like Shane Watson. A heavy ball. I thought um, the West Indies were probably a team that uh, unfulfilled potential for mine is probably what I would say for their campaign. They came out, had a great fast bowling battery, and they had genuine clear the pickets hitting down to like 9 or 10, and they just never seemed to get a full 100 overs together. Um, <laughs> that pretty much sums up you know, West Indies' yeah. last two decades. Yeah. I mean... And does that have a lot to do with Chris Gale as well? I think he, the guy's in perpetual party. Mode. He just, he's just, he's every tour he goes on is just a vacation for him. I don't think it was 
Chris Gale personally, I think what it is is they, they really lacked a glue guy for their batting order, someone that they can build an innings around. I mean, it was Shy Hope was that guy, but if Shy Hope failed, it was it was nine guys that were trying to hit boundaries, yeah. trying to build an innings, and it, and it sort of didn't work. I think a lack of a match-winning spinner also sort of helps hurt, yeah. sort of hurt their campaign moving There's forward. There's promise there. I mean, Justin Poor looked very good technically. Yeah. Taken back three years ago when we were all crying for the fact that we wanted a decent West Indies team. But they've they've definitely picked it up from there. Yeah, they're turning the corner. You can certainly see light at the end of the tunnel for that West Indies team. They had us all hoping and praying at the beginning and it sort of petered out at the end. But I think overall... I would have loved to have seen them do better. Absolutely. It was a promising campaign. Then we've got, obviously, the uh, promising Bangladesh team. Another one of those teams that, going off the last World Cup and the fact that we... We just cut so many teams from that World Cup. We Bangladesh just exceeded expectation above and beyond. Winning games they shouldn't have won. Off the back of a very great veteran player in Shakib Al Hassan. Just remind me, who did they beat? Yeah, they. Yeah, look, <laughs> I think they went on to do something pretty well in the World Cup, but they weren't feeling that great at that time. Ah, well, kind of been that that good. Yeah. Not eventful after that. We're, anyway. we're not going to research it, you know. <laughs> anyway, <screw> it. <laughs> I, think, I think Bangladesh were a side that um, were lacking in quality bowlers, um, which really hurt them. They had a really good batting lineup. I mean, we can't say enough about Shakib Al-Hassan. He ended up with over 600 runs for the tournament. I think mm-hmm. more than 10 wickets, which has never been done. Like, if he'd made the final or the semifinals, he was unquestionably the man of the tournament. Um, great World Cup from Shakib Al-Hassan. I just think that Bangladesh lacked penetration with the ball and ended up finding themselves behind the eight ball way too much. I think that's why you like having nations like Bangladesh in in this in the in the cup because hundred percent. That's what you're missing from this World Cup is, and and that's what you're going to be missing from World Cups like this is you're going to be missing like Dwayne Lavrocks guys who. Just, they come out of nowhere <laughs> and make those World Cup moments. For people yeah. who don't follow the World Cup religiously, Dwayne Lavrock was the guy who took the classic catch at second yeah. slip in the... Taxi what? driver, bold spin. <laughs> he, he was like a third grade player playing internationally. And he yeah. was built like two fridges. Yeah, yes. yeah. 150 kilos. Yeah. You just, oh. But you're missing that now. Like you, you kind of have to resort to your Bangladesh. And, and that's, you know, we're kind of putting them in the same breath there. But Shakabal Hassan is an amazing player. Yeah, and there's no class. doubt about that at all. He would make any side, but he's playing for a minnow nation, and that, until they start getting like key and like long term success, Bangladesh will probably be mentioned in that vein for a very long time. He's he's the Andy Flower of this generation. I'm going to say. I mean, he doesn't play like him, you know. But he's, know, a, he, he's a he's a genuine world eleven player that is exactly. is, is does, does holding he, up the nation. Like he's carrying Bangladesh on he, his shoulders. He plays in county, um, doesn't he? He's got a custom fit saddle. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the guy the guy is touring the world. He's playing in all different kinds of tournaments and stuff like that. He's been the number one all rounder in Test and ODI cricket for the last. 10 years I think according yeah. to the rankings he is, like, and, and when is, I first saw that I sort of thought no way but you know he's, he's all class he, he, he would make a world 11 side quite comfortably and yeah some of those rankings they, they always feel a little bit um, inauthentic um, certainly not this one though but yeah no, no that's a true indicator uh, moving on from there I believe we had uh, South Africa finish 7th in the Ouch. World Cup Jeez. this is a um, <laughs> you know coming from a nation that's had its heart broken for the last 
Well, what four or five World Cups? Are they, they ever so, going to get there? So I mean, close to a final, not quite getting there. This was a uh, they came crashing down to earth in this one. This is certainly you, a team. You've got to throw that out out there, but they did dust us in the last game, didn't they? In they the last did. one of the last qualifying games. Yeah, that's where it all started to go wrong. Yeah, well, well look, we'll get we'll get to Australia shortly, and now <laughs> they are very much petered away. But yeah, South Africa. They, they, for, for me, the thing that stood out for them was the fact that they were they were missing. They were missing a really strike batsman. There was there was two or three blokes in there who could have stood up. Hashim Amla, another bloke, another bloke. I think we all unilaterally love. Like he's he's a guy who's been there for so much of the stuff. He's just doing so well for that nation for so long. With on the back of De Villiers, another guy who we just we've we've loved for so long. But he's obviously not there anymore. Faf Duplessis was carrying them for a fairly long way, but just couldn't seem to get it done. And then Quinn de Kock, the young bloke who. Should be the next up and coming, but just didn't quite get there. And there's a few other young, promising blokes. I think the cock had a uh, he had a passable World Cup. I think the problem with South Africa is they they definitely lacked penetration with the ball. I think they horribly misused Rabada. He was um, always seemed to be the guy that they were trying to dry the runs up instead of being their attack bowler, which is how they should have used him. Like He's they just struggled to take wickets at key times. Yeah, um, I, I thought they were using Rabada as a defensive bowler when he shouldn't be used like that, and and they were forced to do that. Yeah, Rabada's a genuine wicket taker. He's been destroying yeah. wicket taking records in ODI cricket since he's come into the side, and it just seemed to be rather than trying to yeah, bring I him on to take a wicket, they were bringing him on to slow the the the, the rate of runs, which seemed yeah, to be match winner. Rabada will be there for a very long time. He'll be there for a very very long time, Rabada, and he will learn from that World Cup. But yeah, they just they were lacking experience in the bowling, and realistically, experience and like a really good mainstay batsman in their top order. Yeah, fair enough. Moving on from Who's there. there? <laughs> I think Sri Lanka were just one of those middle-of-the-road teams that... Um, Once again... They managed to grind out a few gritty performances and keep themselves in the middle. They were very very similar to Afghanistan, I think. They bowled a, te- a lot of teams out for very short, very small amounts. Their bowling was very good. They've got a... The, their captain, Lakmal's a... The, um, the captain. Like they kept, oh, yeah, they kept putting themselves that. in the fight. I think that's what we can say about Sri Lanka. They put themselves in the fight for most of those games. Probably didn't put themselves in a position to win enough. I think that's a very it's a very genuine I think spot the, they landed well, in. That I think they're two genuinely classy bats, uh, Chandamal and An- Angelo Matthews. Matthews. Yeah, he played a really good innings sort of late in the cup. Yeah, I and remember that, watching that's it. what's missing. All these teams that are down the bottom, they, they, they have, barring Bangladesh, obviously, just had one guy who just stood out massively. They, none of them were really had their consistent batsmen weren't consistent enough. I guess is what you'd say. But in the one day game, they have you know just sort of lost Kulasekera and and guys like that too. I mean, he was a number one. You know, you, you don't think of him that much because he didn't do that much in Test cricket, but. In uh, ODIs, he was consistently in the top five. Just, just quietly though, you've got you've got that that absolute weapon of a man that is Lasith Malinga, and the dad bod is still alive and well. It is alive and well. Just yeah. retired. So, I mean, he finished I'd... on three hundred and thirty-eight wickets. He finished up. I think yeah. what you can say about Sri Lanka in this World Cup is they were they were gritty and punchy. But probably just didn't have the weapons to really, really I think make any damage 100%. in the World Cup. I think we like guys of the build of Malinga, though. It, it gives us hope. We, we relate to the guys <laughs> oh, of the yeah. build of Malinga. They're a lot more relatable than every other bloke, every exactly. other player. So then, yeah, obviously leading into Pakistan, who finished in fifth. Um, 
Pakistan for me, they had obviously um, a, a very promising young batsman in Babar, who's he's a bit of a cult hero around our circles anyway. And um, just reminds us of Babar the elephant for some reason. Yeah. Hashtag nineties nineties <laughs> animation. Nineties nostalgia. <laughs> that's, that's my jam, right? Um, and yeah, just like their consistent top order batsmen were probably on the flip side of Sri Lanka, where they were just a little bit more consistent, and that's what. Like their leave lasting imprint was they were closer to making a final than Sri Lanka was. They didn't start very well. Like everyone was talking up their chances early yeah. on. No, 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 I think it was the opposite. They got absolutely monstered by the West Indies oh, early. They were right, rolled they for too. 105. I think Pakistan's no, really they, poor start is what ended up hurting them in the end. They, they knocked they, someone off, really. Uh, England? Yeah, I think they might have beat England. Yeah, and then um, I yeah, think people so, were I starting think, to talk about them as genuine contenders. I think we need to mention this at this point. Is how many teams England lost to and still took a World Cup out. That is the lasting thing. Well, they lost me. three of their first seven games. So um, they lost to us, they lost to Sri Lanka, and they lost to must Pakistan. Have, must have been Pakistan, yeah. So, um, But anyway, we'll get to England shortly. Um, yeah, I think Pakistan, one of those real dark horses that look like they've got everything there they needed to make a semi-final berth. And you know what Pakistan's like when they get a roll on, they just find ways to win. They just unfortunately didn't find enough ways to win. And um, as it boiled out once all of the, the games finished up, they just missed out on, on the uh, semi-finals on net run yeah, rate. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really long group stage, wasn't it? The way they set it up. Yeah, with everyone well, I mean, it wasn't a group stage. It was... Um, a round-robin. Yeah, That's quite what it is. It's not a group stage. It's a round-robin. And, and there's never been sort of that level of uh, not having a second chance, you know? Like, they, I, I know in the 90s they had this kind of weird Super 8 kind of thing. Where well, <laughs> I think if, if we're going to go off players in focus, let's focus on the, the great captain of Pakistan as well and Safrez Ahmed, another... Guy who I thought would have probably been retired by now, but he's still going strong and he's still keeping at a very high standard and batting at a very high standard as well for them. Um, and then moving on from there, I guess we're going straight into the next team, New Zealand. He, he got injured late too, Safraz, um, and had to bat at 11 in one of their last games, which, which might have gone in the days. Shot them in the foot. One of the last real men in cricket. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So that, uh, that covers all the teams that didn't quite make it to the semi-finals. So I've, if you're following along, that leaves um, India, Australia, England and New Zealand. So the, uh, the first semi-final was um, India and New Zealand. India obviously finishing first. New Zealand just scraping in after having a bit of a stumble at the end of the group stages to finish fourth. And um, this was an interesting one. It's the first two-day, one-day I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I, and only went over one innings as well. <laughs> So uh, for those that aren't quite familiar, the game was rain-affected. They couldn't get back on, so both the semifinals had a reserve day. Um, Rather than replaying the game, what they did is they just uh, called stumps like you would in a test match and then picked the game up from where it was left off. It was an absolute cracker of a game. That was probably my game of the World Cup. I remember talking to a couple of my mates um, before the, like, like just before New Zealand finished their innings, which they didn't end up finishing at the end of the day, um, and I was just like, here's how this game's going to go down. New Zealand haven't got enough runs on the board. They'll scrape their way to potentially 240. They're just and scrapers, and aren't they? <laughs> India, will, India will just chase that down like it's nothing. And I was proved but horribly wrong. You're 100% right. New Zealand just find ways. This team, 
bucks the trend. The trend, if you're looking at England, they've talked themselves up as being the, the, the model for how one-day cricket should be played. Have a team that's capable of scoring 350-plus, so you either set a target that's incredibly hard to chase down with score, scoreboard pressure, um, or you are happy to chase down any target that's put in front of you. New Zealand bucked that trend. They've made a habit of scoring, you know, it's like 90s cricket almost. The, they scored the the 50 <laughs> I love you 90s. Got, you got to like you got to liken them to the New Zealand rugby union team, I guess, in a way that whatever they whatever their performance is in attack, like I guess you'd say batting, their defence is just as good. You know, they, yeah, they, yeah. Can, they can defend a total if they have to. It's, it's just yeah. they, they've the, done what they've done. Yeah, they I mean, every, everyone wrote them off in that game, but they, they didn't sort of factor in that they're in English conditions... And they've got Trent Bolt. They've got guys who are used to the same. Absolutely but, massive picking and, and up I guess Robbie Sharma and Virat Kohli. You, you, you compare one. them to the lower tier. Yeah, yeah, you you yeah. compare them to the lower tier teams as well, which is just literally that none of them had that class. They were just a well balanced team from top to bottom. There was a couple of guys in there that were kind of in there. You'll question their spot in there, but at the same time, they still found a way to contribute to the yeah, team. Yeah, I think they're you know they're just in there because they they've got that fight. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna but put one, if you're gonna put one word to that team, synergy, just perfect <laughs> synergy to that team. Yeah, and they field as well. It's always been what they make up in the field. Even Martin Guptill, a guy who at the end of the day they were just really you know by the end he was just struggling for runs. He he couldn't find a run to save himself. But he got a crucial run out at a certain point where. They just needed something from yeah. someone, and he did it. A lot of people, their heads would have gone down at that point. Yeah, talking um, about the other team in that semi-final, India. India ran the gauntlet on that World Cup. They were the class team for the whole tournament. Rohit Sharma, kings of the tournament. What a World Cup! Rohit Sharma had five World Cup hundreds, opening the batting in England. That is incredible. Like. Everyone was talking about Virat Kohli being the prize wicket for that Indian lineup, and he ended up with four or five fifties, I believe. But well, that's a, Rohit Sharma just dominated the tournament. <laughs> that's he a talking was, point. And he, and he does go missing in the big game, doesn't he? Yes. Oh, oh, well, it's, a talking, yeah. it's a talking point alone. Is Virat Kohli's <laughs> what, averaging what, World Cups? Is, well, he scored two runs what, what in two World Cup semi-finals. <laughs> what was the meme of? Things that go missing when you really need them. Absolutely. It's got your keys and it's got a picture of Virat Kohli. Look, this, you're going to get a lot of hate for talking too much about how badly Virat Kohli is going <laughs> well, in yeah. these important yeah. games. Oh, well, I will say, I'll say a good thing about about India too. Someone who's overlooked is um, Jasper Bumrah. I think he is just world class. Isn't he going from strength to strength? Uh, and this it's said, said with a fair bit of bitterness after that <sighs> summer of cricket where he just made us look silly from going I know, away. but like... He, he made Aaron Finch just look like a par cricketer, which is probably not far from the truth nowadays, but, you know... At least in the test game. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one last point I'd like to make about India. Obviously, that they were, they were hard done by. They got... Um, they got their pants pulled down by New Zealand in a World Cup semi-final. They probably should have been in the final, but New Zealand had more fight there. But a good point I'd like to make about Virat Kohli in this World Cup, um, a little bit controversial. We like, as the three of us, we we don't like Virat Kohli very much. I think it's pretty safe to say that we're we, not massive. We're, we're not massive fans. fans. We totally respect him, his ability as a batsman, yeah. but we don't. We oh, don't he, really he like. He will Virat be one Kohli. of the greatest he's, batsmen ever. He's kind of the pantomime villain. You know, but like, um, one thing I will hold, and I've got. Profound respect for Virat Kohli is in that game that we played against India and we ended up losing. Yeah. The English crowd were doing what the English crowd always does and giving the um, the Smith and Warner a bit of a hard time. Virat Kohli found an Indian section of the crowd that was jumping in on the 
um, Steve Smith. Booing Steve booing, Smith. Booing Steve Smith. He left his crease, walked the whole way to the boundary, and basically told him to shut up and yeah. told him, why are you booing? You should be clapping. Um, he didn't need to do that. He didn't that. need to do that. It was and a- he went out of his way to do it. And I, I think as the three of us of our, our long history of playing cricket and following cricket together, we've always had a yeah. bit of a bit of a laugh at Virat Kohli's expense. We always enjoy watching Virat Kohli fail, but for him to come out and, and do that, like his respect has gone up quite yes. a lot in my book. Well, I he, really appreciate it. He is that. the new India too. Like, you know, in the in the eighties and nineties we would, you know, just sledge the crap out of their players. He's just a high charge man. He's a very he's a very highly strung individual, it seems like they wouldn't fight back. But and now, you know, you know, he's, he's sort of having a go back. He's making them better. I think that's the big thing, and he's taking it to Australians in a way that Putting we've not really experienced. That. And that's and that's what I say. There's there's a lot of redemption in the man. And like I said, that was just a classy move. It was a very classy move by the bloke to just try and put something that you know is in the past to bed. And like we could probably do several episodes on the whole ball tampering <laughs> yeah, saga yeah. and what happened from that. We might even end up doing that in a future podcast. But <laughs> oh, we're talking about the World Cup. And uh, now we're getting to the uncomfortable part of the podcast for us three. We're going to talk about the other semi-final. Far from enjoyable, this one here. But um, look, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, it's really the story of the World Cup. These two semi-finals is two teams that were very much posted as the them versus the rest kind of thing. They both fell very short in those final two games. Well, where, the final. where do you think it went wrong? Can you pinpoint it? I, I, um, I'd I, probably say same thing as India when we were three for literally nothing. I would I would start with lack of depth. Um, we really missed Kawaja. Um, and they replaced him with Peter Hansgerman. But... And, like you want, you want to, that shot that he played. You can't pin your hopes on. You can't pin your hopes on Peter Hanscom. Yeah, I know, but like he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Usman Kawaja, I don't think saves us yeah. in that circumstance either. It was, why it was is more he being picked? That, why is he being picked uh, if he's te- I, I, I think, like that? Um, if you remember back before the World Cup when we were playing the one day is over in Pakistan and India, Peter Hanscom actually had. Um, a very good renaissance as part of the ODI team. Um, he should have been there in the World Cup from the start. He, and that's what uh, that's what Justin Langer said from the outset. Um, he like said him. that um, Peter Hanscom was criminally unlucky not to be in the World Cup squad as it was. So when when um, uh, Usman Khawaja went down and Sean Marsh um, broke his wrist in that uh, horror training session, I think it was it was. It was penciled in. It was almost pending. It was going to be Peter Hanscom that got that spot. I, I suppose I'm, it is pretty hard on him to just be dropped into that situation. That's. I mean, no one's going to swim in that situation. Uh, India made us uncomfortable at the end of the day. We were we were two down for nothing. We lost our two key batsmen from the start. We were normally at least one for ninety odd, and we were two for nothing. We okay. normally have Finch or Warner go on and score big runs, and neither one of those did it. And our our anchor got out pretty quickly after that as well. Yeah. What, a, what an innings from Steve Smith, though, to be honest. Like, oh, a guy that's... Uh, he should have been batting at three for the whole tournament. I think that's one of the things that we can take away from Australia's campaign is just personnel in the wrong spot. And I like Usman Khawaja. He has had quite an, a one-day a one day year. But let's, let's not beat around the bush. He was batting at three because he can't bat any lower. Yes. Yeah. He can't bat... And Smith should have batted at three. He couldn't open because we went with Finch and Warner. And we couldn't bat him from four down because he's not dynamic enough. So in that sense, unfortunately, Kawaja should have missed the side. 
Smith should have batted at three, and Sean Marsh, who's a far more dynamic one-day international batsman and has proven success in England, should have been probably been batting at four. As much as I hate to say it, I think I agree with you. Um, but you want that's a Sean Marsh fan. You want none of us are Sean Marsh fans, but that's what it was. Kawaja was put in at three because he can't bat any lower, and it compromised Steve Smith's World Cup. Yeah, you, that's you true. want to, you want to talk about the last of the real men though in in cricket though, and what a performance by that <laughs> you do that young upstart of. Um, of a bloke that is Alex Carey. I don't know what was more impressive, the fact that he batted with a broken jaw or that the nonchalance that he caught his helmet with before it crashed into the stumps. Saved his own wicket in the most casual, put the sunglasses on him, thug life. Yeah. What a brilliant thing to do. You know, that's, yeah, the kind of thing that Steve Waugh would do when he was playing the short ball. Yes. Catchy. Not not what Herschel Gibbs would do. (laughs) (laughs) He He drops that World Cup. He drops that World Cup. So, obviously, going on for a, a little bit of substance from this, uh, we're talking about Australia got promptly rolled by England in this game. Only put up about 220-odd for the, the yeah. Poms to chase. Uh, uh, we, we got off to a really, really dangerous start with the ball. We should have had Jason Roy early. We we maximised our efforts with the, the new ball while it swung. We were just an umpire's call away from cracking that game open. As soon as the swing went away, England just marched on the victory. Well, another bloke who lifts in World Cups as well, Mitchell Stark. A guy who... He, he's, they're almost talking about dropping him at the end of the last Test Series in Australia. And I he's just he, He's a demon. The guy's a demon with the ball. 27, 27 wickets in the World Cup, which is a World Cup record I know, in he, less he games. He didn't do great in that game, though. I think he was probably trying a bit hard. I think, oh, trying that, too many things. That, that semi-final, no one other than yeah. Steve Smith put their hand up in that game. Every, everyone, oh, Smith and Alex Carey. Um, like he sprayed it all over the place, actually. I think he went for about 10 and over. Um, but that's but that's key there. That's the blueprint England have put down is um, they've got a, a, good, a, a good bowling attack. Joffre Archer for England. What a you know they they heli dropped him in from the what when part you, of what, what county cheering. what county this um no Manchester Manchester London no 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 oh, it's few thousand k's away from there. Look when you right. look when you've got as broad a pool to draw from as what England has always had, the, then the, you're going the to your, yeah yeah <laughs> the world as long as they have. Jermaine Some kind of, of the passport. They're uh, very, uh, very much no, going that, to be admitted into this. That does team. sound a bit like sour grapes. I've got to say. Oh, oh they look, did play well. They played. They, they played the pants off us, and they all were, in good fun. All in good fun. They were. They, yeah, they, they played, did. They, they the same shit about us. They made their first World <laughs> Cup final. There's there's no dodgy umpires calls. There's no controversies. They came out. They blew our top order away. We didn't recover well enough, and then we didn't take enough wickets with the no, new ball. Yeah. And they romped the victory. Very deserving World Cup winners. At the end of the World day, Cup. I guess that's the big thing about the World Cup was it was like there was more twists and well, turns in it than a good bloody than a good friggin' <laughs> than a good George R. R. Martin book, I guess. I you, think... you sit there and it's just you think you're going one direction. England started very poorly. Australia started well. India started well. Like I say, kings of the tournament, and they just paid away nothing. Yeah. England one, got uh, there. They got the job done. New Zealand, same job. And at the end of the day, that led us to the crescendo of this World Cup, which was that just final. Just before we touch on the uh, the final, sorry, sorry to interrupt, yes. guys. One thing I'd like to bring up was um, an, a player that's going to cop a lot of criticism from the Australian lineup is Glenn Maxwell. And, and rightly so, Glenn Maxwell yes, had a yes. pretty poor World Cup by his standards. That's, but one thing I'd like to point out is I don't think we used Maxwell the right way. We kept moving the goalposts for Maxwell. It seemed to be a motivating factor to everyone involved in this World Cup. The commentators particularly were just like, oh, Maxwell needs more time to get bigger runs. And it's just like, 
What part about Glenn Maxwell ever playing in any format of cricket has suggested that he should be getting more of a go to no, try and score 200? I, I, I disagree with that. Glenn <laughs> Maxwell's come out and play and has played test innings and proper test innings. The problem I've got is we pick Glenn Maxwell with the makeup of our side. Glenn Maxwell is our guy at the end of the innings that comes out and he scores at a strike rate of 200 and gets that, you know, 110, 120 uh, he, runs in the last 10. He could be more, but though. Like, I mean, it could be more, but we've, we've about... asked him to do this particular job for us, but then all of a sudden we'll have a good platform and then we'll have 27 overs or 28 overs and we ask him to go in at four and it's like, well, that's... You're now asking Glenn Maxwell to go out yeah. and be a pinch hitter for more than half the game. That's when you give Kawaja and Smith and those guys that run and set. They keep going. We kept moving yeah, the goalposts for Maxwell. Don't get me wrong, as I, I still personally don't turn my TV off until Glenn Maxwell's done. Like when he was out, it was a lot harder job for us than when. Alex Carey and like Maxwell did himself no, no favors when he kept throwing him wicket away with the yeah, short and ball. He, he doesn't own it, you know. He, that that yeah, final it, one, he looked down at the pitch like it had held up. I'm like, no, it's a knuckle knuckle ball, you know. Like it's it's a slightly yeah, slower delivery. He, You've he, got to be wise. He's to got this to give stuff. himself every opportunity to score the runs, which he didn't do. Like it was a poor World Cup. Like let's not beat around the bush. Maxwell yeah. didn't deliver. But I don't think we did Maxwell enough favours by shuffling him around the order and then asking him to yeah. play the long yeah. game, but play the long game at a strike rate of 150. We've done that to other players and they've adapted to it. Yeah. Look at Michael Very Clark soon. in previous World Cups. Yeah, Cups. but Glenn Maxwell, like, if Glenn Maxwell can hit the ball to any part of the ground, but let's not kid ourselves, he's not Michael Clark. He's not Ricky Ponting. He's no, not that calibre of One batsman. person he is very similar to is Andrew Simons. He's a very similar player to him. I think Andrew Simons is a much... Oh, not more mentally assured player, like he was towards yeah. the end. But and the way they scored runs, you know, like Simons the- was more power. You know, Maxwell is is kind of that. You know, that reverse switch, reverse yeah. sweeps, all that. It's sort funny of stuff. you say that because at the end of the day, the making of Simons was that World Cup with Ricky Ponting, exactly. where he scored that hundred. You know, exactly. You know, I was, he, I've been waiting for that moment he, he, for Glenn Maxwell that yes. be here at the end kind and of I, I honestly, moment. That, I think the ship might have sailed for him now. Like, oh, abs- how, is absolutely. he going to be out there at the next World Cup? Do you reckon? Uh, uh, he'll be thirty-four for the next World Cup. I'd say he's probably he's there. Got, the thing is, and that's the that's the thing. He he he's, won't be a lock he's, though. He's, he's a talent. He is a talented player. He re, he relies a lot larger on talent. He needs to find that fight. If he wants to go to the next World Cup, he needs to find fight in his what game. What did we say about the West Indies? Unfulfilled potential. I think that is definitely indicative of Glenn Maxwell. Yes. Glenn Maxwell should have been an amazing player for Australia. He should have been a guy averaging mid forties. But low fifties in just about every yeah. format, and just doesn't seem to make it stick. Two but, kinds of athlete. He's he's the talent side. You've got you've got you've got fighters as well. And it'd be such a great thing for Australia if he could get that consistency with the bat because he's a more than handy off spinner. He's one of the best fielders in the world. Yeah, Andrew Simon's like, and we just can't get him to put any value on his wicket. Though that being said, the Australian selectors have been horrible to Glenn Maxwell. The guy goes out and scores. An elite oh, hundred, an elite his, hundred. His test, test level. career is something to look at, and then goes and gets wonder. dumped from the test side because he hasn't played any four day games. But he hasn't played any four day games because he's playing one day cricket for Australia. Yeah. It's just, and then and then he go, proceeds mm. to drop himself out of the IPL and say, "Pick me for the Ashes," and they're like, "Well, we're not going to look at you." Yeah. So, I Glenn, think, Maxwell, I think, Glenn Maxwell has been very hard done by in that regard, very much so. And, and unfortunately, and, when he does get his get his chances, he just doesn't. 
and doesn't hang on to them. Right. Well, it's, it's kind of indicative as, as well of, of how other people like if they can't get that right. What could else you imagine? Are they you, could you imagine if Maxwell got the chances of Mitchell Marsh got? Mitchell Marsh or Sean Marsh. If Maxwell got that those many chances, he'd make it stick. He's good enough. Hundred percent, a thousand percent. And, and that, but that's Glenn Maxwell as well. It's like he, he's putting a price on the bag green, and that's what's going to go a long way with the, the Joe Blow on the street. The guys like us who just we want guys to prize the bag green. <laughs> that, that, that is the pinnacle of cricket, and always should be. Anyways, well let's let's move on now to um, the most controversial part of the uh, the oh, World Cup was on, the World Cup how final. Long have you got? Controversial, yes, but oh my god! Can we start off by saying what an amazing game of cricket? Like, yeah. and, through gritted teeth, we do not like England. We are red-blooded Australian sporting fans, Except and we, we, were, we don't were like yeah, England. Yes. Well, New Zealand was Australia. We, cla- we claimed them. Well, yeah, we claimed. Like Russell Crowe, New Zealand were Australia. Proud of us. <laughs> what a game of cricket! Um, so, for those of you, yeah, that I, think are, I said, I think I said that the semi was the best game, and I kind of forgot about the final. <laughs> oh, look. But that was the kind of World Cup. It, it had lots of twists and turns, and that's what we like about a World Cup. Is it just it goes on and it keeps going, and then you get to the final, and like what if, a if, final. if you want, if you want a showpiece for the game of the World Cup game of one day internationals in cricket. This was, was it. This was it. You can't ask for more than this for any sport. Any sport. If you any sport would have would have loved to have got a game like this as its World Cup or its World Series I don't or its know, final. Watching, watching Germany and Argentina, you know, <laughs> fight it out over a nil all extra time. <laughs> so for those coming that, from a soccer fan as well. <laughs> for those of you that haven't followed the uh, the World Cup final ended up in a tie. Uh, 241 runs apiece at the end of 50 overs, oh, and then they went to a super impressive. over. Um, so England, uh, so New Zealand batted first, scored 241, um, and then uh, England returned serve. Now they were incredibly lucky, as it's been revealed that um, one of the key plays in the the dying moments of the game, the, a ball wing return from the boundary hit Ben Stokes' bat as he was returning for a single. It's ricocheted off the bat and gone for four. Um, well, then, which awarded six for the ball, and as it's come well, out that's post, got to be completed. Yes. completed uh, the, I think the rule was it, the throw. It, it goes from when the throw was made and batsman had crossed. If the batsman had crossed by the time Guptill had thrown the ball, it would have been two. But because Guptill had thrown the ball before Stokes and Rashid had crossed. Um, then it was only five. And the other key, part, the, the other key part of that was not only was it one run off their total, but Rash, uh, Adil Rashid would have been on strike, not Ben Stokes. Yes. They would have reset it. But they got it wrong. It just would have been so interesting. I think it's... it's That's you, an administrative you, You're very much... You, you're going Gwyneth Paltrow there. You're going sliding doors. Like, you just... You don't know what's going to happen there. It, it, could have, it could have turned out that England could have won the game there. You can't sit there and say definitively say yeah. that New Zealand would have won that game. You can't say definitively, but I reckon it would have been much harder yeah, up against it, was, it to score those extra runs. So from there, they got the, the two runs plus the four overthrows to make it six, which got them to basically uh, level the score at the end of 50 overs. They went through to the super over. England... Um, sorry, sorry, boys. Just just before we go into that, what let's let's brush on because we we have discussed this. Let's let's not let's not beat around the bush here. We have discussed that overthrows off the bat. The the, the let's let's another classy gesture in the World Cup as well with Ben Stokes saying just getting up and basically saying, "Can you take those runs off our total because we don't want them?" Kind of thing, and in a very well-meaning way, but at the same time, kind of a 
bit of a meaningless let gesture, do you think, guys? Because at the end of the day, it's going to go. It's going to go in the By saying that, but um, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not putting, I'm putting, a, not putting a mocker on anyone. I'm not, I'm not having a go at any bloke. But I just think it's a meaningless gesture. Say because at the end of the day, the rules are the rules, cricket, and that's what that's what's happened. Is yeah, those are the rules. Like we were talking about this before we started the podcast. I, for one, I don't like how many rule how many things are allowed in cricket to the rules but the players themselves police those they're not in the spirit um, of the un, game unwritten, unwritten um, yeah the rules. unwritten rules so until had, a call has to be made had that like ball that. not gone to the boundary and they picked it up and they threw it back Ben Stokes and Adil Rashid would not have run that would have only been two for that it's just cricket etiquette it's come off my bat I'm not going to run on that but because it managed to get to the boundary, the umpire's hands were tied and it had to be given four runs. You have to draw the line somewhere, though. And like I think if there's going to be, and it's been, it's not like a, a sudden change. Batsmen have done that forever. It's just that's why it's yeah. a, a now an unwritten rule. So why, why do we not write it down? If so it hits what the you would propose bat, is that hits the batsman or hits the batsman's bat. Dead ball. Yeah, so you just you complete the run complete that you're currently on, you and then any overthrows coming off the batsman is. It, it's just a dead ball. The batsmen aren't running on them anyway. So sort, of, sort of like how if you don't play a shot at the ball and it hits you in the pad... You can't you, run. You can't run. Well, yeah. At the end of the day, doesn't it add to the Even drama Even if it goes before, game, it yeah. doesn't count. It added so much to the drama of that game. It added so much to the drama, <laughs> but what it's, it's, it's not genuine drama because... In any other in any other point of the game, but, any other point of the game, guess, that would not have been. I guess my point is though is when was the last time you saw a, a ball a, a bat ball hit a bat and go to the boundary? When was the last time you saw it? Not often, but it has and, gone. It, has, it, it hasn't happened really until this deciding game. But it's it's funny that the kind of it, I guess you say the cricketing gods threw all this thing up just to kind of bring it really starkly into focus. And, <laughs> and, it's and I, I think we're all in agreement that the rules should be there. If, if it goes to the boundary like that, maybe. If, if someone decides to run, you sit there and say it's a shit move. You're not going to give them out for it. But at the same time, if it goes to the boundary like that, I think it should just be a dead ball. Especially when it has to be definitive like that, it should be a dead ball. Just make 100%. it, yeah. Come, comes off the batsman off a return throw, a dead ball. The players aren't running on it anyway. If it makes it to the bound, like if Ben Stokes said it, take the runs. This is a World Cup final, and Ben Stokes is telling the umpire to take runs off yes. them because he doesn't want it. The batsmen don't want the runs. No one's running on it if it doesn't go to the boundary. Just... Just make the rule that if it comes off the batsman, it's a dead ball. And just as a That's side note easy. as well, how, how funny was it as the the um, Kiwi Kiwis are very much like us us blokes as well, I guess, in the sense that we've got a very similar sense of humour. And the next thing that came out from after this game was uh, New Zealand nominated Ben Stokes as the, the, Man of the Year for yeah. <laughs> New Zealander of the Year. How <laughs> funny was that? And then Ben Stokes's classy response to that, which just said there is a far more deserving person from that World Cup game in Kane Williamson. It's, like, it's just great. Like everything about this, there was a lot of redemption for a lot of people in this World Cup, and obviously Ben Stokes has had his history and he's done some things. <laughs> Steve Smith said his history. You can't do that, Ben Stokes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've, so people have seen that. But at the videos. end of the day, we we love sports, and that's what. And at the end of the day, guys like us, we do. We, we got a lot of guys who. Let the let the ball, let the bat do their talking. And that's what Ben Stokes has done throughout this World Cup. Yeah, he's been class act for England this World Cup. So moving on to the other contentious point of the World Cup final that we all are not fans of. Oh. And this is not a criticism of England or New Zealand. This is a criticism of the actual rules themselves. The players can only play by the rules that have been given. So please don't take it as that we're having a go at England for this. But so the, they've gone to the super over. And if the super over is tied... I wasn't aware of this as I haven't seen too many tied super overs. If a super over is tied, then it becomes down to the team that hit the most boundaries. 
And all I've got to say about... And that's what's happened. England tied the game. So um, they're going to go on parade that they've won the World Cup, which I think is a little bit in poor taste as they haven't won the World Cup. They both ended up on the same amount of runs. Are they all going to get MBEs now? I think... <laughs> I think what, a, what, a, what a ridiculous way to win a World Cup on a countback on boundaries. Yes. At the end of the day, after 102 phrase, overs... The phrase, there's more than one way to skin a cat, is very apt in this situation because that's the way New Zealand went about their whole World Cup was... They didn't need to hit sixes every time. They New Zealand to. lost they less wickets in that game. Teams. They they found a way to beat the, India when they only scored two hundred and forty runs. Yeah, okay, so run, runs are runs. It doesn't matter how you get them. If you're going to look at it, wickets are always held as more valuable than runs. When you're looking at mo- most uh, cricket scoring, you you know a hundred hundred runs is worth the same as a fifer for a bowler. So you only have to get five wickets to equal 100 runs. So look at the disparity there. So by talking about that, England... That would be more in tests as well. That's not, more not in tests. Like, in, uh, like a wicket in one day is... England lost two more. more wickets in that game, which would, by that same that same mathematic scale, looks like no, we're just, we're just talking... You know, we're just talking here, so it's not obviously the same. But if you're going to go that, where wickets are worth... You know, five well, wickets are worth 100, that means you've... New Zealand lost two less wickets and they should have had 40 more runs and that sort of thing. So why is the two less wickets that New Zealand lost worth less than boundaries? I just think it's an utterly benign way and a horrible way to lose a World Cup. Like, yeah. it's an yes. empty way to win in a World Cup. Especially when what a, we're what not a going anywhere. Way to win we're, one. People are watching this. People are watching this all over the world. We're not going anywhere. We're not sitting there like, <laughs> oh, well, oh, look, it's over. It's past the time by half an hour we've got to go to bed kind of thing if you're going to watch this you're going to watch this you're going to stay around let's let's have a definitive result just go to a penalty shootout <laughs> exactly <laughs> find oh. some find some soccer goals my, my, <laughs> soccer, my proposal which I think we both we, we all the three of us agreed on we talked about it before the podcast was have another super over but in this super over yeah. you can't use the same bowler and you can't use the same batsman so obviously the way super over works you get two batsmen to go out and then you get a third batsman to go in so you can lose Two wickets. Once you lose two wickets, it's over. So you get three batsmen. So you take those three batsmen that you picked for your super over out. You take the bowler that you picked for your super over out, and then you go with the next three batsmen and your next bowler. Test and, your depth. You got to um, be, be the best team, and, and, and you got to prove it. And let's not get too like people are going to go. Oh my god, we can't do that. That's ridiculous. We're going to end up with the bowlers batting and batsmen bowling. How many times have we seen a tied super over? Yeah. Almost never. It's, you know, About the same but, amount of times that I've seen a friggin' couple of buys. Go off the bat. Sorry, extra overthrows go off the bat to the boundary. We don't. This well, is very this rare. This is it, not an earth-shattering rule change. No, by no. adding this in, we're almost it's never going to have this. But I just, I cannot see. <laughs> just please give us closure. I just didn't closure think on, it was going to happen. We like, can't have yeah, a World Cup yeah. that's finished because one, decided on who has hit more boundaries in 102 overs. When you've had the same amount of runs, yeah. the amount of boundaries you've scored in a World Cup, where we have a six counter that comes up every time someone hits a six, we're going to sit there and say, "Oh, well, they hit three boundaries at the end, or I, two boundaries." I do kind of feel sorry for the guy who was like, "Oh, well, if it's a tie at the end of all that, uh, you know, it was probably pretty late." And he was like, "Oh, it's never going to happen." So I'll just be like, "Ah." Who's in more boundaries? Boundaries. That'll do. I don't feel sorry for him at all. I, <laughs> I hope he's. Rather unhappy. So the wash-up from all that controversy is that um, in the World Cup final that had potential to have both those teams were had never won a World Cup. England has finally won their first World Cup, and I use won in inverted commas because, uh, like I said, they're still on the same amount of runs as New Zealand. So 
Good luck in uh, 2023 when you can win your first World Cup again. Oh, but um, but well done to England. They've run the gauntlet on ODI cricket for, what, the last two and a half years. They've implemented their new structure for their team. This is by far the best generation of England one-day cricketers that we've seen. Like, yeah, and not even close. And that brings us to the close of our first podcast um, for the Armchair Experts. Thanks for listening. Um, Thank you, sir. For our next episode, we're going to get into the big time, the sporting event that we're most keen on, I think, in the uh, world, the Ashes Series. Event. It is the pinnacle. And I think beating England in England is, is a focus. You know, it's, uh, oh, it's got to be. It's, if you want to be fair, Nikim, as an Australian athlete. We, we haven't done it since, what, 2001? 2001. Where we were doing it easy. So I um, invite you all to join us again for our next episode. We'll get into a breakdown of both the uh, England and Australian test sides. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Armchair Experts. My name's Aaron. My name's Scott. My name's Glenn. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time for a bit of test cricket. Thanks very much, guys. Catch you guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.